Black Panther is roaring across the globe, shattering records everywhere, and what could possibly go wrong at the Oscars this year? Find out. Yes, Kendrick Lamar. Yes, that's my song. Go ahead, Scott. That's your jam. That's your jam. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Carla Renato. Welcome to the inaugural show of Black Tomatoes. I'm so excited. It's myself, Carla Renata, the host and co-host of Scott Menzel. My social media handles across all platforms are The Curvy Critic and Scott, yours are? The other Scott M. Thank you. Yay. So let's just talk about Black Panther is kicking global booty all over the place. It's gotten, um, I think it's uh, grossed $700 million yep. worldwide As of already. This morning. Mm-hmm. It is shattering records everywhere. And I think it's like the fourth highest grossing superhero movie of all time. That's crazy. It's. I think it's going to break all the Marvel records. I'm I do. So, I really do believe it. I'm so, 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 so excited for that. Um, what do you think Black Panther means for the Marvel Marvel Universe? I mean, I think it means we're going to see more black people being superheroes on film. That's what I think it means. Oh, absolutely. I think I think you nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, la- you know, the last two years has been pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we had our first female superhero movie last year in a very long time. Some, Wonder Woman. Right? <laughs> and everyone that everyone went out to see it, they were surprised that it did so well. Yep. And now you have this one. And I don't know, this one at least they had a little bit more backing. There was more marketing behind it. And I am just I was blown away by this movie. I seriously was. This is the first time that I actually went to see a superhero movie twice in the movie theater. I saw it twice too. Yeah. I like, saw it twice in the movie theater. I wanted too. to go back and see it with a real audience. Yeah, I saw it well, okay. So I went to the premiere. I went to the premiere and <laughs> I felt some kind of way when I went to the premiere right, because right. we were in the balcony uh-huh. and I was like, why they got the black people in the balcony? This is messed up. But then <laughs> but then I realized that they had like all the important people in the balcony cuz balcony cuz I saw Ava DuVernay. I saw um uh uh, oh God, what is his name? I can't remember. But a whole bunch of affluential um, directors were up there. I saw the cast of Blackish up there. All kinds of people were sitting up there. I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm, I'm up here with the special people. I feel kind of good. But when I tell you, we hooped and hollered and carried on. So for me, that actually was the better movie-going experience for Black Panther because when I went to a regular theater to see it with regular people, it wasn't as exuberant as it was when I went to the premiere. And maybe it was just because it was the premiere, you know, and people were, people had on their African outfits and they were living their life. It was great. It yeah. was just great. I mean, I, I felt, it's very weird because I felt the same way. Like, I saw it on the Disney lot mm-hmm. and I felt like this was a movie that critics were looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And that's very rare. I will yeah. say that. there. It's like there's maybe like four or five movies a year that critics have expectations for. And I think this one exceeded them in almost every way. Yeah. Um, the crowd just really ate this movie up both times. Yeah, they um, did. I love when people just randomly break into applause or just like yell. 
it's really exciting because it, it makes you know that it's working. It the was movie so is working. Great. It was so great. <laughs> I was living my best life that day. I really was. And let's just talk about the fact that the director, Ryan Coogler, this is his third movie. Right. His third movie. His first one was Fruitvale Station, yep. um, starring Oscar winner Octavia Spencer. And Michael B. Jordan. So um, him and um, Michael have started to establish a director, actor, or star relationship, I should say. His second one was Creed. Right. Which I thought was excellent. Also Again, with Michael B. Jordan. And also with Michael B. Jordan. And now um, The Black Panther with Michael B. Jordan. So, and when we, t- when, we talk about some- when we talk about the fact that this is this guy's third movie, it's three completely different genres that he's directed. And I don't even, is he even 30 years old? I don't even think he's 30 years old. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I really don't. I don't, he, if, if he is 30, he might be like 32. But he's really young. For him to be that young and have accomplished that in this very short period of time, I'm really looking forward to what is next on the, on, on the back burner for him because he did it for me with Black Panther. And I went to a, um, I went to a, uh, a press junket where he was speaking and somebody made mention of the the women that worked behind the scenes. He had a female um, DP. He had a female costume, costume designer. He had all these women behind the scenes too. I was like, yes, Ryan Coogler. You, it was, it was really, it was really something else. It's interesting you mentioned that because something else that I learned was the person who wrote the movie with him, mm-hmm. they never worked together before. He was mm. part of the Marvel program, mm-hmm. and he just kind of got elected Paired to be, Ryan. yeah. Oh. So to write a movie that was so well-written and fleshed out yes. without knowing your writing partner, that's, that's a credit to Marvel Studios yes. in general. And the two guys, too, because yeah. you know if they had clashed for one iota of a second, the whole situation could have been a disaster. We were saying before we got on the air that mostly... I guess maybe the two and a half weeks leading up to Black Panther, they were everywhere. Right. They, I remember on Good Morning America, they literally had Black Panther week. There was somebody there every day for a different character. Like one day it was Chadwick. Oh, wait. Did you see the day Chadwick was there? No, I did not. Okay. So the day that Chadwick Boseman did, um, um, was promoting Black Panther on Good Morning America, they had little kids in the audience dressed like Black Panther, oh. little girls and little boys dressed in little Black Panther costumes. And this little girl was like, you know, they asked her, why did you want to go see the film? And she said, because I was really excited to see somebody that looked like me as a superhero. And then she said, I have something for you. And she had like a little um, construction paper cut out heart oh. that she had folded in half. And she took it and gave it to Chadwick. I was oh. like, I can't. Handled the cuteness factor right now. It was so adorably cute. But what wasn't adorably cute, <laughs> to segue, what wasn't adorably cute was um, the fact that I, I'm a graduate of Howard University. I'm very, very proud to be a Howard University grad. Yes, you are. Bison, H-U, you know. Um, and two graduates of Howard University are in the film, Denai Guerrero, who a lot of people know from The Walking Dead. Um, and I think she was in the one of those um, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, too, back in the day. Yeah, I think it was the second or third one. Yeah, but a lot of people know her from those two things. So to see her in Black Panther with no hair, 
with no hair and just kicking butt all over the place was really quite wonderful. So I was really proud that my sister Denai was up there kicking some some Black Panther booty. And Chadwick Boseman in the lead role um, also is a graduate of Howard University. Now, the thing about Chadwick that's extraordinary with him is that he's turned into the go-to person for anybody that's doing a biopic about a black person. Yes. He's like the biopic black man. Which I don't know if it'll work as well now because Marshall did not do well last year. Well, no, it didn't do well. And let's just talk about that for a second. Marshall didn't do well because a lot. I know people in the African-American community were really hung up on the fact that, A, they thought it was going to be a biopic, which it was not. Right. And, B, a lot of people were annoyed at the fact that Chadwick Boseman is a brother of a darker hue and it's a well-known documented fact that Thurgood Marshall is light-skinned. And that was the whole thing about Thurgood Marshall, that he was a light-skinned black man that had all these challenges, right? So people felt some kind of way about the fact that Chadwick Boseman was playing him. I didn't because it didn't bother me. I was more invested in the story that was being told because it was about a case that I'd never heard of. Right. So I was more invested in that. And I mean, there's been lots of biopics where people didn't look like the people in the sure, films. I sure. mean, I can route. I mean, how how much did um, Reese Witherspoon look like June Carter Cash? I mean, you know what I'm no, saying? No, never. You know how much did Angela Bassett really look like Tina Turner? I mean, there were glimpses of it, but for the most part, they don't. No. They're not walking around being twinsies. No. So the fact that there are um, more often than not cases where the people don't look exactly like the person should have been something that played a factor. But I think it, I think that film did not do well because the audience was misled into thinking it was a biopic. And so people went to see it thinking it was a biopic, and then it was not. And then they already... I had a huge fight in the middle of the night on Facebook over the fact that, you know, this was a dark-skinned brother playing Thurgood Marshall. I don't understand that. I mean, to me, there's there's a lot more problems with that movie than, than, <laughs> than that. Um <laughs> For example, why would you focus on a case you never heard of in order to sell that movie? That was very strange. And I will say this as the white guy, that <laughs> Josh Gad, like, outshined him. Yeah, and, he and, did. And, and I'm that's sorry. that's not a good thing. No, the it's movie's not. called Marshall. Right. Yeah. It really should be whatever Josh Gad's character yeah, yeah. was. And then, um, which... Which will segue into... Uh, I know Josh Gad was killing it. Oh, he, he had was. a great year he, in film oh, last yeah. year. But, um... The thing about the women in the film in particular is the fact that every single woman, every single character in the Black Panther was a strong woman. They weren't weak. They weren't subservient. They weren't like, oh, let me wait for my man to come rescue me, which is often the case in a superhero movie. They all had very clear objectives. They all had very clear outlines for their characters and what their characters' lives were. But my favorite part of all was toward the end of the movie when um, Denai's cari- ca- uh, character, Sergeant Okoye, says, um, no, when her, when, when uh, uh, Daniel Kalua, her boyfriend, says to her, would you really kill me, my love? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, for Wakanda, absolutely. I was like, oh, yes. And then he put his thing down and kneeled. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yes. It's like, yes. Wakanda forever. <laughs> I will have to say that no offense to any of the males in that movie. <laughs> the women were so much better. They killed it. They really did. Like, it's like Chad, Chadwick owns that role. Like, it, it almost feels like he was born to play the part. But 
when those women came on, I was just engaged. Like I was just like staring straight ahead. They like were I was great. just, oh my god, this is so incredible. And I love that each one of them is different from the other. Yes. And one has brains, one can kick ass, one's kind of a combination of the two, and they're just so well-developed. Yes. And you don't see that, not even just black, you don't see that even in female characters. No, you don't. Not in any female character on film, hardly ever. Right. I do say, I saw a movie with Charlize Theron where she was kind of kicking butt and she was great. So there's Oh, Atomic that. Blonde? Yeah, she yeah. was She was kind of great in that. She was better than the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- so there's that. We'll get to right, that another right, time. Right, right. But, um, yeah, so I love that. And I love the fact that, that Angela Bassett as the mom right. was very elegant and, and very... Um, I don't know what the word is. Very elegant, very sophisticated. But when she had to, you know, go in and save her son, she would go in and save her son. She did what she had to do. Um, But what I really loved about the women is that little girl, this is the thing I'm excited about. When I was a little girl, there wasn't a movie like this for me to go see. So the fact that that now I'm a grown woman and I'm watching all these little girls, like the little girl in Good Morning America dressed as the Black Panther, I'm watching all these little kids that their only reality growing up is going to be having seen a black superhero when they grow up. Their only reality is going to be having seen a black president. Like, that's their reality. That's something that we thought we would never see in our lifetime, but this is their reality. That's their new normal. So I'm very, very, very excited about that. I'm excited about the fact that Letitia Wright, who plays um, his sister, she is smart. She's funny. She's she's so many different things that I, there's there aren't enough adjectives and positive accolades in the world that I could find to to express how I feel about that film. I'm very excited that it's there, and I hope that that the momentum keeps out. Keeps up rather for the rest of the summer. Oh, I think it will. I you mean, think so? it, I mean, I don't know if it'll go through the summer because then you have the Avengers, and that's going to take Black, over. Isn't Black Panther in that too? Yeah, but I mean, the movie itself. I mean, they'll put it out on Blu-ray right around the summer, so it'll mm-hmm. have its next wave mm-hmm. when people come out. But I, I agree with everything you said, and and I'm someone who was really suffering from superhero movies. Like I, <laughs> I, I mean, wait, what do you mean suffering? I, I just. I, I just felt they were more of the, like, I, I'm, I know yet last year I was like the, the guy who bashed every one of the Marvel movies. Like I was like, oh my God, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 wasn't as good as the first one. Spider-Man, why are we doing this again? And then, you know, um, Thor, it was, it was good, but it was like forgettable for me. Like I didn't, oh. so when I watched this, um, I finally felt like this, this feeling like, now we have something refreshing. <laughs> now something is more, it's inspiring again. It feels different. I would dare to say that this is the best superhero movie since the original Iron Man. Because that, that's the one where I remember when, when Marvel started out and they started doing this. Mm-hmm. That was the one that made me love the movies. And the then Iron Man. I, I remember watching the other ones and I was like, they're good. They're just not. And I would always compare them. And then the Avengers came out and everyone started comparing that. And those were the two ones to jump over. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first time that they were a- able to out- outshine those other ones, mm-hmm. I think. And I know there's, there's critics out there and there's people just like, oh, well, it's only because of, you know, the, the, the female empowerment and the black movement. And it's not that. It's not. It's it's literally well written, well executed. The characters all have 
you know, backstories and depth that's so rich. And that's what makes this movie so great. Absolutely. It's, it's, you can take away the superhero element of it. And, and it would it's still, still be a good movie. movie. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we're hoping that we'll see Black Panther get mentioned in the Oscar conversation next oh, year. Because Wonder Woman totally got the shaft this year. Yes. And speaking of the Oscars, now what could possibly go wrong this year at the Oscars? So last year... We had the the big snafu <laughs> of La La Land being named Best Picture and them having to show the envelope saying that it was Moonlight and they didn't really get to give a speech and Faye Dunaway kind of bounced and ran because yeah. she was the one that actually announced it and Warren Beatty got blamed yeah. for reading the wrong thing. Like I felt it was bad all for this him. shenanigans and Jimmy, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel's first year, right? Austin, which is right? funny because remember at the end of the show he's like, "I guess I'm not coming back ever again," and it's like. They were like, here, here you can come back again. We're sorry. <laughs> so I love those commercials yeah. where they show, they show him, <laughs> they show him going like he's had a bad dream. Yeah. It's hilarious. I know. I love it so much. So how do you feel about Jimmy Kimmel as a host? Um, he's okay. I, you, really? you really liked him? Okay, I am the last of the Jimmy Kimmel fans. I Jimmy Kimmel could literally stand there and not say anything, and I would just laugh. I think he's so funny. Um. You're like I would no 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 no. I I don't think he's bad. I mean, um, you know, I grew. I'm sure you've been around too with watching these 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 hosts change over the years. You know, like the late been a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what he this? I'm I'm sorry. When when we talk about Jimmy Kimmel now, I think of that gun video that he did where he almost broke down crying on air. Oh yeah. Um. That and that was like the first time where I was like, yes. Yes, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but I was surprised at how well he did last year, in all fairness. I will, I will give him credit. Jimmy Kimmel is the closest thing in late night television that we have to what Johnny Carson was, to me. Okay. I think Jimmy Fallon is okay, but Jimmy Fallon... He, you, you, know. you can tell he's phony. Let's be I just, honest. I'm, yeah, you I'm can tell. Big, he's I'm not a big fan of, yeah. of his. I'm a big fan of. Let me be clear. I'm. A, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Fallon. I'm not a big fan of his late night talk show. I, okay. I, I could care less. Okay. Um, was who's the other one? Um, James Cor- uh, Corbin or Corden? I like, I Corden. like James Corden. Me too. But, but I don't. I just like Jimmy. I like Jimmy Kimmel's um, sensibility a little bit better. Like when Jimmy Kimmel does those mean tweets, that's yeah, everything. I love right, that. Right. But um, he's hosting again, and so I just wanted to um, swing through and have a little conversation about the Oscar nominees. Sure. And I wanted to start with um, the nominees for Best Picture. So the nominees are The Shape of Water, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk. Phantom Thread, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. You also have Get Out, The Post, Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. and Lady Bird. Yes. So, of these films, which one do you think is going to get Best Picture? I'll let you go first, and then I'll say what I think. It's tough for me. I'm torn between Three Billboards and Shape of Water. Um, and it's funny because either way, Fox Searchlight is happy. Um, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> They had a good year. They this year. really yeah. had an amazing, had really incredible year. year. Yeah. Um, I guess from it's it's hard for me because from a writing standpoint, I think Three Billboards is much better mm-hmm. in terms of like the character development, in terms of just acting and like the words that come out of the mm-hmm. character's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's so much stronger in that movie. Mm-hmm. But Shape of Water is so 
much more creative and mm-hmm. fantastical mm-hmm. and magical. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to lean towards three billboards just because of if if I had to like kind of put everything in a package, I think it has a little bit of a head, you know, like it's a little bit ahead. Okay. Now I want to talk about the ones that I think <laughs> should be okay. getting some play, okay. but are not. Okay. okay. First and foremost, I don't think anybody saw Phantom Thread, but that was a really wonderful film. It was a really, really wonderful film. And Daniel Day-Lewis, if this is his swan song, he's he's knocking it out of the park. And the young lady who's um, playing opposite him, she's really good as well. I like that film. Best Picture? Eh, mm, I don't know. But yeah. it was a really good right. movie. And then um, I don't think Darkest Hour is going to get any love in that regard because Gary Oldman's definitely taking the Oscar home for Darkest right. Hour. So yeah. they're not going to give it Best Picture. And, and it shouldn't get Best Picture because it was like, you know, a good 30 to 40 minutes too long. Right. And the best thing about Darkest Hour was Gary Oldman. So when he wins Best Actor, Darkest Hour right. will get everything with him winning Best Actor. Right. Um Lady Bird, I adored. As Me too. you know, Greta Gerwig is like my one of my favorites. I love I love the fact that Greta Gerwig writes the way people talk. It's very conversational the way she writes and directs. And I like the fact that she focused on char- she always focuses on characters that are flawed and finds the humanity in, in those flawed characters. That's what I really love about her and her films. But again, um that's not gonna get any love either, which no kind of sucks but i love her and i love her picture so greta gerwig thumbs up girl (laughs) um i'm conflicted about get out because these are my top three that i'm like okay okay get out i feel probably should get best picture only because it's not like any other of the other pictures in the bunch. Right. Like of all the pictures that are nominated, that is the one movie that is not business as usual. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. And and it's making a statement, a statement that's not going to go away anytime soon. No. And it's Jordan Peele's first screenplay. It's his first time um, direct. Like there's just so many yummy things that go along with that, that to see it win would be like seeing Moonlight win last yes. year. It would be a really wonderful thing to to check out. All right, so moving on to uh, Best Actress. What, 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 which one did you want to pick, though? Which one are you Get Out. You think you're, that's what? I'm going to pick Get Out. Okay. What do you, okay, which one do you think should win, but it's not going to win? I'm still with Three Billboards. Okay. Yeah. I like Three Billboards. That was a good movie. Yeah. I really like it. Um, okay, so Best Actress, Sally Hawkins for Shape of Water, Meryl Streep for The Post, Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie for I, Tanya, and Sorcerer, 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 Ronan. Sorcerer Ronan for Lady Bird Girl. Sorry I butchered your name. It's a hard one, though. Even you yeah, know it's hard. She knows. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that the... Um, Everyone. The, yeah. Everyone should Everybody get there <laughs> is good and everybody should win. But I think the person that's going to win is going to be Frances McDormand. I think the person that should win is Sally Hawkins because Sally Hawkins was great. She was, think about that movie. She didn't talk for most of the movie. I know. I know. To have, to get an Oscar nomination where you're not even talking and you still evoking emotion out of people. That's a really hard thing to accomplish, and she does it really well. I just, I'm feeling some kind of way that she hasn't been getting any any love. Well, we gave her love. 
we gave her love. We the LA Online Film Critics Society gave her love. But I was yes. like, and the the African American Film Critics Society gave Frances McDormand love. So she got she got something from us. She got something from Golden Globes, uh, all the other Critics Choice people. Um, she's won almost everything that she's been nominated for. Right. So for her not, she won the SAG Award too. So for her not to walk away with the Oscar, that would be like the biggest upset upset for, of yeah, the night. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I and I I think. Again, those are the two that I, I love every one of these performances this year. I, I will say it. Like, I think Margot Robbie, that she has never been better than she was in I, Tonya. Because that is such a complex movie. You know. No, you, you didn't. I wasn't. I love her. But her performance in that was a little underwhelming for really? me. Yeah, I mean, of that. The people in that particular movie, for me, that did it was Alice and Janney. Oh, like well, for yeah. me, Alice and Janney made that movie. But if if um, yeah, and the fact that Margot was skating, I was like, oh, she she did some of her stunts, but it's like. Mm. I just feel like when I rewatched that movie, and there's so much like darkness to it. Like at first when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is really like lighthearted and fun because it's a mockumentary. You know, like with the spousal abuse and kind of like even like the parental abuse in that movie, mm-hmm. it's dark. It's very and, dark, and people forget that this is this is somebody's life. Like they right, didn't make right, right, they didn't right, make right, this right, up. Right. This is Tanya Harding's life. So it's like, ooh, she was the fact that she had to endure all of that and was still up there doing triple toe loops and triple luck. Please, the fact that that girl was doing triple jumps. And was the first one of the first people to ever accomplish doing that at the Olympics, and was going through all that turmoil in her personal life. She should get an Oscar just for that. Yeah, I you agree. Know? I agree. It's crazy. Yeah, um, but I will. I would say I'm with you. I'm on those those two. If I had to, you know, kind of pick one of one or the other. Um. um you done with that? One? I don't know. I'm so. I'm so like. I'm gonna say. I'm. I'm going to go ahead and say that Francis is going to, same way you, you said it. I think Francis is going to wind up getting it. But rewatching Shape of Water, I do kind of think Sally, Sally Hawkins, yeah. she should get it, but she's not going to. Yeah. Um, for Best Supporting Actress, it's Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. She was fantabulous. Um, Allison Janney for I Tanya, Lori Metcalf for Lady Bird, Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. Now, I think <laughs> that Allison Janney. Should win, and Allison Janney is gonna win. Me too. Because Allison Janney knocked it out of the park. Oh my god! That's not a slight to any other other ladies in the category. Nope. I love Octavia. Octavia was great in The Shape of Water, but and the ironic thing is that Octavia and Allison are really good girlfriends in real life. So um, I'm sure Octavia will be sitting there with her little cheerleader pom poms cheering her good friend on. Um, it was nice to see Laurie Metcalf in the conversation for the Oscars for a change because she's kind of been flying under the radar for yeah, years. TV shows. Yeah, she's yeah. been flying under the radar for years, and she does movies all the time, but none have garnered the type of attention that it has for her with this film, so that's cool. Mary J. Blige was a surprise for me because I remember a while yeah, ago, you, remember? you were like, you were telling me about my bomb before I saw it, and you were like, oh, Mary J. Blige. I was like, really? Mary J. Blige? Really? Yep. And then I saw it, and I was like, oh, okay, Mary J. Blige. You remember I also <laughs> told you about Get Out, too. You did. You did. You told me about Get Out, and you, and, I was, and, and both times, I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah, but I totally agree with you yeah. now. All right, so that's so much for that. And, sure. And then um, let's find um, Best Actor. Best Actor is Daniel Day-Lewis. Yes. Tim, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Kalua for 
Get, Get out. out. Denzel Washington and Gary Oldman. I need to put this out there. I don't know why Denzel Washington's in this category this year. Because there's so many better like male performances. <gasps> no, I liked him in that no. movie. I really? Lo- yes. Really? Let me tell you something about Denzel Washington. I think we are just so used to seeing Denzel Washington knock it out of the park that it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're so used to seeing him knock it out of the park with anything that when he does something that really is extraordinary for him, people are like, ah, uh, that was okay. No. Because it was subdued, you yes, think? That, but that's what made it extraordinary. Denzel Washington was giving a performance of a character that is is autistic, for, for, a better, for lack of a better way to right. say it. This person is autistic, but yet ridiculously brilliant but not brilliant enough to not make the right conscious choice with his actions so he played a character Denzel plays characters that are flawed quite often but none as flawed as this one and then usually in his movies that he has a female love interest they usually hook up there was no hook up in this movie it was just it was different for me on a whole different level and I, I was happy to see him I was happy to see him do it Daniel Kaluuya he he is like he should get an Oscar for eye acting because he <laughs> he acts with his eyes better than anybody I've ever seen. Even with him and Get Out, not Get Out in um Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, I know. Even in Black Panther, yeah. when he would when he had nothing to say, his face was saying everything. I love actors like that. Yeah, it's so great. Um, who else did I want to talk about? I mean, Gary Oldman is a slam dunk for oh, this category, yes. and I already talked about Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. So and no, I heard, Gary Oldman like. You, if if someone just put that movie on, and didn't tell you who it was in it, you would never know it was him. You really wouldn't. No. Like, there's no way you can tell it's him. I know. That's how good the fucking performance. I it, Sorry. I mean, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, moving over to best supporting actor Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Christopher Plummer for All the Money in the World. Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, and Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water. I just want to say that the person is like one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. I feel like Willem Dafoe should not be in this category. His part, I'm just saying, his part in that movie was not that great that it should have been getting an Oscar nomination. I'm sorry. That I, movie wasn't that great that it does. Okay, no, and that's all we need to say about that. Yeah. Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell, they may can't. This is a tricky category. Yes, Because they may cancel each other out, and the Oscar may go to Christopher Plummer or Richard Jenkins. Like, that could be the upset of the night. <laughs> I'm just saying, because Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water was doing his thing. Yes. And Christopher Plummer. Um, having to take over for Kevin Spacey under those last minutes, and that movie wasn't that great, but he was freaking awesome in that movie. Yep. and to come in and he's, just do those in two weeks, he is oh, bringing wow. it. He is bringing it. So I think this is going to be the one actor category that might be an upset because um, even though Sam Rockwell has pretty much across the board won it yes. for every different award show there is, yeah. the Oscars have been known, especially with this particular category, to be an upset. Remember a couple of years ago with Creed? That's and, right. And right. Sylvester Stallone didn't win, right. and then Mark Rylance won. So yes. it's like, you know, any with the best supporting actor it's always like a, a toss-up it's always a toss-up and, and you're always going oh did that just happen okay <laughs> <laughs> um best original song mighty river mary j blige from mudbound oh, is, yeah that's from Mudbound. Yep. with rafael sadiq from tony 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 back in the day <laughs> um stand up for something um written by diane warren and performed by andre day and common um mystery of love uh, Suf John Stevens, I hope I pronounced your name right. 
um, Remember Me by my Avenue Q peeps, Rob, yep. Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez um, from Coco. Loved Coco. Um, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Show, that This Is Me song has taken on a whole life of its own. That it's like I, it's like the anthem song. I love that movie. I adore it. I've seen it four times in the theater. Oh, you I'm, really I'm, like I'm, it? I'm going for a fifth time on Tuesday. Look at you! I. It's just an inspiring film <laughs> with fantastic music. It's it's a great celebration of culture. It's a great celebration of dreamers. It's like. I don't know. It's just the feel-good film of, like, the decade for me. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just so blown away by that movie. And every time I watch it, I'm still in love with it. And I know it's flawed. I know there's, like, issues where, like, yes, you know, Zadaya and Zac Efron's character should have more character development. I understand that. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay with its flaws because I just think it's, it, it goes from one point to the other. And the lyrics in those, every song. In that in the, that movie, the lyrics in that particular song though are oh like crazy. Oh my god, my wife, uh, you know Ashley, she cries cry. every time. I know those lyrics are are incredible. Um, but I'll say this: so my little baby Zendaya, yeah, who yeah. I play her mommy on Shake yeah. It Up, she's in it, so I'm really proud. She's becoming like a, a blown up movie star. Like yes. she's so big, I can't even get to her. <laughs> like I need to go through an assistant and stuff to get to her. Um, and then the bearded lady, the one who sings uh, the "This Is Me" song, Kelsey Seal. Kai, I can't. I know, anyway, I know, I knew I was going to butcher it. Ciala, uh, Seal, something like that. Right? No, it's it's, it's Ciala. But anyway, okay, okay. she is. Um, she was in Waitress on Broadway, um, the the musical that was written by Sarah Bareilles. She was one of the leads in that, and she left that show on Broadway to go do The Greatest Showman. And and um, she had done, evidently she had done like maybe four or five workshops of it or something. And they did this last workshop for to get it greenlit. That was the last workshop they did to get it greenlit. And there's footage of it online where oh she my, is yeah. killing it. I know. She's swinging her head around. I'm like, yes, girl, live your life. It was great. It was really, really great. But this one, this, has, this song has won several awards too. The most exciting thing about this is that all of these people are new people to the song yes. category for the Oscars and they're all going to get to perform so it's going to be great Kiala Kiala that's her name thank you <laughs> she Kiala is going to get to perform this song on the Oscars and this is probably going to do for her what singing Frozen did for Adina Menzel so yes. it's going to be great it's just going to be great I'm really and I'm so excited to see to her perform she's doing it live oh yeah I know I'm so excited I, I can't wait I'm going to be I'm like, that's my highlight I'm going to have the, my popcorn I'm going to be like this I'm like ooh girl sing girl yes get that note yes I can't wait. It's going to be great. Um, so we have done our little, sp- and that's just a few, that's just a few of the categories in the Oscars, you guys. Yes. So if you want to see the full lineup of all the nominees, go to Oscars.org and you can find it there. But we wanted to hit the highlights of the ones that are the most popular categories and talk about them between um, Scott and I, because, you know, we got opinions, we got stuff to say. So um, we're about to rev up into a whole new film festival season starting with South by Southwest. And I just wanted to know what, you know, you, what's the buzz? Very little buzz this year. (laughs) Um, Opening night film is the quiet place, which is the new Paramount movie. Yes. I love uh, that. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt Mm -hmm. are in it. Um, I think this one has the potential to be, to be big. Um, They also picked up hereditary, which Mm -hmm. was from Sundance Mm -hmm. And I did see it. A24 mm-hmm. has a huge hit on their hands. Mm-hmm. 
and A twenty four always has oh huge they hit. always yeah A24, every year they release like year, one or two like, movies yeah A twenty four is taking the place of the Weinstein Company in that regard they just always have really okay. quality stuff all the time all the time okay. I mean in terms of in terms of the actual like movies that are premiering there, mm-hmm. there's really not that much. I think what's going to happen this year, and uh, I'm just predicting this right now, I think there's going to be a lot of surprises last minute. I think it's going to be like, if you look at the Paramount schedule, which is the main theater that's at um, South by Southwest, most of the movies kind of like stop around like 8 to like 9 o'clock, which means that there's room for that 10 o'clock movie. And I think it's going to be a lot of surprises okay. this year okay. because the lineup, when you look at it, it's not that not that surprising at all. It's it's just kind of like like I knew Blockers was going to be there, and I I cannot get excited for that movie okay. at all. Um, <laughs> I kind of like Blockers. You do? You want to see that movie? Okay, wait. So I was excited to see the Blockers was on the scale for South by Southwest yeah. because South by Southwest is always known for having some raunchy right, R-rated right, comedy. Right. In the past, it's been Sausage Party uh-huh. and um, Bridesmaids, yep. and so this time it's, it's right. going to be Blockers and. I just love the fact that it's a film about parents trying to prevent their kids from having sex. Like, that is just, that in itself just opens up the world to hilarity for me. Okay. And I just, I just want to see it because I just think it'll be funny. And in these days that we live it in, I need I to laugh. I need I something to make me laugh. I just need it. I need it in my life. What else do you know about? Um, the one I'm most excited about is Most Likely to Murder. Which Ooh. is uh, Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, who well, I, I like love. Her. Yeah, I yeah. love her. Um, her husband is directing the movie. Who's and, her husband? Um, Dan Greger. Okay. And I don't even know what the movie's about, other than it also stars Adam Pally, who I also love. And that's it. That's all I want to know about it. And it, <laughs> the plot, if I remember correctly, is um, Adam Pally and her used to date. And he goes home, and he thinks, like, he's this hotshot, but he realizes he's not. And he starts, like, talking to Rachel Bloom again, and she's crazy. So it's kind of like, <laughs> it seems like the movie version of Crazy, crazy. Ex-Girlfriend. I was about to say, yes. that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. And I will say, I love This Is Us. And they're doing something at South By for This Is Ooh, Us. Oh, nice. So it's funny, because, like, normally I don't do the TV stuff there. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited because the, everyone's going to be there. You know, Sterling K. Brown, Mandy Moore. I'm so They're excited. showing the last OG Tracy Morgan show That's there, right. too. That's right. That actually looks really funny. Yes, Tiffany it does. Haddish is in that. Yep. So that Tiffany Haddish is killing oh my God. it right now. Yeah. She's the spokesperson for Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> she met Oprah. She, she needs to thank the, uh, who was it? J- Jada Pinkett, right, for that? She, right. Yeah, she needs to thank She her. met Oprah. She's she's in the last OG. She's killing it. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for her HBO special. I'm waiting for somebody to, or, or her or her Netflix special. I'm waiting for somebody to, to, to do a stand-up special for her so I can support her. She's hilarious. Yeah. She's one I, of the funniest people her. out there. And she, she's not trying. She just is. She just, she's, she reminds Reminds me of like a, <laughs> for lack of a better way to say this, she reminds me of like a black female version of Robin Williams because she's just like fast, 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 fast. It just comes out, and you're like, she hits she, the words hit your ears like a comet going through <laughs> right, right. to the other canal. It's just crazy because it's like you have to think for a second. You're like, did she just say that? Right, right, exactly. And Robin Williams would do that sometimes yes. too. I, I loved him for that. So. 
Let's talk about really quickly before before we wrap up the Los Angeles Online Film Critics Society, which you and Scott Manns and Chris Chrisley Kennedy started. We are doing a drive right now for new members, right? Yes, we are. So um, tell them the link where to go. Sure. So Look you here. Ha- oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> there you go. I'm like going over there. All right. So you want to go to where we're, we want diversity, and diversity means everything. You know, it's not just skin color, it's it's body type, it's everything, okay? I want to say that. Um, and if we're requiring about 50 articles, we also accept video. So if you do video, like shows like this one, um, we yeah. count those. So we want 50 of those a year, and that has to be in the last calendar year, so 2017. If you are a candidate, you can apply at laonlinefilmcriticsociety.org and there's a becoming a member link on the top and you can apply and we're going to let everyone know in the middle of April the deadline to apply is the end of March cool I wanted to get that out because you're going to be gone for two weeks doing your South by Southwest thing the Oscars are next week so I just wanted to make sure we get everything in and I just wanted to reach out to my YouTuber people that Watch the BHL online right, and the right. Black Hollywood Live and and say that Scott and I are so incredibly honored to be here with Black Tomatoes and we want to help inform and educate and make y'all laugh about some of the movies. Not every opinion that he or I have, we're going to agree upon no. amongst ourselves and y'all won't agree with some of the stuff that we say, but we hope that in the process of it, that you are thoroughly entertained, that you like what we have to say, that you, you know, go in the comment box below and talk to us there and we will talk back to you I promise you know and you know you can let us have it we're we're grown ups we can take it so I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys have to say and moving and grooving and growing with us and um yeah so that's it so this is it for the first Live edition of Black Tomatoes. She is so excited. I'm so excited. I can't stand it. And so um, until the next time, I am Carla Renata, your host. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And we can find Scott Menzel at... I am at The Other Scott M on Instagram as well as Twitter. And please visit WeLiveEntertainment.com. Thank you. We're going to go out with a little Sade because she is actually doing part of the soundtrack for A Wrinkle in Time, which we can't talk about this week, (laughs) but we will talk about it when we come back. Love, peace, and hair grease, y'all. Until the next time. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio. Instagram me, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined.